Welcome to Imran's podcast, episode number 42. This is your host, Suman Silwal. If it gets you up in the morning and you're excited about it, you know, tie your resolution to that. Visit Imran's.com to listen to our previous podcast shows, links to our social media channels, and more. I would like to welcome Kerry Morgan to Imran's podcast. Kerry, how are you doing today? I'm good, Suman. Thanks for having me. Great. Uh, welcome to Imran's podcast. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you here. I heard that you just completed your 4,000 miles for the year. That's a lot of miles, even for me. I'm, I'm just trying to barely try to cross 2016, which is still a lot for a lot of people. So Yeah, I um, was trying to think of a good New Year's resolution last year, and so I had put in quite a few miles in 2015. So I was thinking maybe 10 miles a day uh, with the leap year. So I threw out that uh, 3660 number and... Um, I was blessed all year to be healthy, so no injuries, no illnesses um, for the most part, and I hit 3660 on Thanksgiving Day, so I said, well, let's go ahead and make it a nice round 4,000, and I hit that yesterday, and so my original goal was 10 miles a day, so I started punching numbers to see what 11 miles a day would equal, and it's 4,026, so if I can slog through 15 miles tomorrow, I will hit my goal of... Uh, 4,026 miles for 2016 and uh, average of 11 miles a day. So did you run uh, every day for this month's mile or I think it sounds like that's what you just said? Yeah, I did. I um, didn't set out for it to be a streak, um, but, you know, you I typically had started running seven days a week uh, even before this year. And so just as, you know, as it went, I, like I said, stayed healthy and um, was able to keep running. So somewhere in the first three or four months, I realized that I should probably go ahead and try to make it a, a streak since I hadn't missed a day. So there were a couple of days where it got a little dicey. Uh, last week being the worst when I, I got a stomach bug. And so uh, it knocked me knocked me out of uh, doing multiple miles. So last week on, uh, I guess it was Thursday, I only did one mile and that was that was one of the rough miles of the year. <laughs> so whenever you do this, uh, are you doing, like you said earlier, 11 miles? Are you doing 11 miles every day or it's up and down miles? No, it's it averages to 11. I put um, I put a few. I'd never done 100-mile weeks, and I was training for a marathon. And my coach, uh, Erica Spiegel, had said, let's take advantage of this volume. And so during the summer, uh, when I was not doing workouts, I was just building base. I started trying to do uh, some 100-mile weeks, so really padded my, my numbers. So I was able to, to take some weeks uh, off, so to speak, and not have to do the 77 miles that uh, got me here. Definitely. Uh, talking about uh, your running, uh, before we dive into more other topics, let's just uh, talk about how did you start running? Are you a lifetime runner, or are you start picked up the running later on in your life? Yeah, so... I, um, like so many people, you know, I played sports growing up where running was the, the punishment, but, uh, and running and wrestling and, uh, basketball were my two sports that I played the most, you know, I did some running, but it was more, a lot more, uh, anaerobic, not a whole lot of distance running until later. So, uh, I was graduating from Sanford in undergraduate degree in exercise science and decided I wanted to do my first marathon. So, Graduated and started training for a marathon and ran my first marathon in 1994. Did the uh, Marine Corps in Washington, D.C. and uh, had no idea 
uh, how to train, what I was doing. And uh, it was a, a brutal day out there. Um, also, many mistakes that day. <laughs> One of the biggest mistakes uh, I think I made was standing in the gear check line afterwards for about 45 minutes and then sitting in a cab for another 45 minutes and then flying home the same day. Um, I don't think I've ever been that stiff in my life, but yeah, you, you learn, you learn over time. So that's how I started, uh, running. And then I, um, actually had a son two months later. He was born uh, in December of that year. And then, um, then I, you know, enjoyed the marathon enough though, to say I wanted to do at least one a year the rest of my life. And that's kind of what I had thought in my mind. So 10 years later, with a 10 year old, uh, had not run probably a a grand total of 26 miles cumulative. So I had gained quite a bit of weight and decided running, um, was probably the quickest way to, to get that off. So I was able to, to drop the probably 40 pounds that I had put on in those 10 years. And so, yeah, that kind of jump started me. And then just, you know, the stresses of life and realizing that running is probably one of the greatest, therapies and stress relievers, I jump back in. And then, of course, once you connect with a community of runners, it's really easy to, to find, um, you know, a community and a place where you can, uh, you know, share your life and make friends. And so the running community has been a special, special group to me, for sure. Definitely. I mean, it's, uh, Birmingham has a great running community and even though we're small, but, but we do have a great support here so oh yeah and people who look, who move here that uh, have run elsewhere they come here and jump in and man they they all say the same thing that how how impressed they are by the running community and how awesome it is so which year did you start running again you said it was probably 2004 somewhere in there so i guess about 12 years ago i jumped back in and met people like uh uh, I'd already known Al D'Amico from uh, my first marathon. That's who I trained with. And um, he's one of my uh, favorite runners. He's kind of the, the godfather of Birmingham running, I call him. And then, uh, you know, other people that really influenced me were Prince Watley, uh, Ken Harkless, and then more recently, you know, people like Erica Spiegel and Kirk Mueller, Brad Clay. Of course, now my wife is my uh, running partner. We run probably 90% of our runs together. So I usually am chasing her. And she's pretty fast too. She is. She's, uh, she's got me in the marathon, um, and, and anything beyond. So I, um, she's got a couple of gears and I, uh, can't, can't keep up with her in the longer things. I just want to mention Al Demico and, uh, uh, Prince Wadley were Emron's podcast guest. Coach Al was uh, episode number seven. Prince was number ten. Just want the runners to kind of check him out. Uh, Al Demico is all time favorite of Emron's podcast. So, <laughs> so he's yeah, no doubt. He's a so, he's a legend here. So, so talking about um, uh, talking about uh, running. Um, you are not always a fast runner, correct? Um, I'm still not. <laughs> you run pretty fast in my standard. I know you have. Uh, you have now. You have completed a couple of Boston now. Uh, 2015 Boston. We kind of shared the same year, but you have been running really fast uh, over the years. So what what does it take to run a you know going from non runner to be a fast runner? You know, it's hard to staying healthy is really 
probably the biggest thing, um, being consistent. And then, of course, running with people that are faster than you. You get to where you want to be able to run with other people. And, you know, you just you get in with people that are faster than you and you try to keep up. And at some point, if you keep trying, um, as long as they're not getting faster at a greater rate, then uh, you can you can get to where you can run with those folks. And I think that was that was a big part of of mine was um, I always wanted to get faster. I wasn't content with just being a recreational runner. I wanted to place my age group and place overall. And my biggest carrot that uh, stayed out in front of me was that uh, pursuit to run Boston. I actually um, had a friend living in Boston, and um, I guess it was 96 when the 100th anniversary of the Boston Marathon was run. So I was able to go up there and be a spectator and knew that day for sure that I wanted to run Boston one day. And it was not, it was many, many years later that uh, I did qualify, but it's what kept me out there. It's what kept me pushing and training and asking questions and learning and reading and uh, doing everything I could to, to make it to Boston. And so it was a really special day when I qualified in 2000, I guess 13. Yeah. Late 2013 when I ran, um, the California International in Sacramento. That was my first Boston qualifying time. And it's funny because I qualified by 57 seconds and the cutoff for registration that year was a minute two. So I actually missed um, getting in registering by five seconds. But I had always, really my goal was even more than running Boston was qualifying. So once I qualified, I said I would never run Boston if I didn't qualify. But once I qualified, I didn't have a an issue with getting a charity bib. So I, I did and I ran it that year and requalified at Boston and then I've I've uh, requalified a couple more times since then with uh, faster PR. So sorry. Um, but that was a special day. Yeah, it's always a great day when you qualify for Boston. It is for I mean, sure. first time or hundredth time. I mean I every time I Yeah, it's still not easy. It's, Even though I'm getting older and the times are getting uh you know, more doable. It's still not. It's still not easy. Yeah, I, I struggle a lot this year. Last year kind of came a little easy because uh, I was running trails on the fast. I mean, I really was not training for Boston, Boston, but I did qualify for 2017, which I will run in, in a few months. But awesome. uh, but I'm trying to run, trying to qualify for 2018, and it's not there. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, well, I'm not running it this year, but I'm going to run in 18. I requalified. Uh, in no, this past November, um, at uh, Indianapolis. So I'm looking forward to 18. There's a lot of people, as always, from Birmingham going back that year. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's not an easy road to go to, but but it's, it should be, always be a dream. That's what I usually tell my friends. It's it, I agree. You may not get there, but have, have a dream of going to Boston one day. Yeah, and as a coach, those are some of my favorite clients, or the ones who are hungry to get to Boston because it was my story. I mean, I, I probably from the first marathon, you know, until I qualified was goodness, what, 15, 15 years or so. So, you know, it was, uh, well, it was more than that. It was a, it was a tough road for sure. Yeah. It's, it's difficult. As many marathons I run, I think it took me like 31 marathons to qualify for first Boston and it was like oh. 20, 27, another marathon or ultra marathon. Then I qualified again, you know, so, you know, yeah. it's, it's not an easy road and you just have to, I think you had to tune yourself and try to tweak it and try to fix it next race. And, sure. And, I mean, some people are lucky enough to run one race and 
qualify. Oh yeah, I coach <laughs> guys that uh, qualify their first time. Um, it's amazing to me. They're so gifted naturally. Uh, I had to work a little harder than that. Definitely. Um, and as as we're leading our question towards uh, some of the topic that I want to talk. Uh, as we're headed towards 2017, a lot of people make a, a resolutions, and um, running is part of part of people's <clears throat> resolution. And you know, I have seen people start and then this kind of quit. And you know, the way you have done, you know, even logging 4,000 miles for more than 4,000 miles for this year, what does it take for people to our runners to continue run and have that as a resolution, and then and actually complete? at the end of the year and say, hey, I have done it. And it's not an easy road, like we said before, for anything. And, but but I would like to just kind of get your mind because you coach as well. Uh, you have your own team of people coaching. And I just want to see on your perspective to see how to keep this running resolution going for 2017 and beyond for, for people who struggle a lot to keep up their resolution. Yeah, and it's hard. I I admit um, this year was a little bit easier year for me. My wife was finishing up her nurse practitioner program, and so she was doing a lot of studying. So I was having to find things to do while she was in school. And uh, my kids are grown, and um, so they're not high maintenance by any measure. And you know, I know there are a lot of people out there that have much more responsibility, so it's much harder for them. But I would just say, you know, you know, bite off, you know, uh, a an amount that you can chew and, uh, you may even, you know, push it a little bit. Um, I, I think that something that really helps is to have some numbers, have a way, you know, if you don't have a Garmin or, or a GPS watch of any kind, get one, you know, you can, um, download to, um, the Garmin site or Strava and you have actually concrete numbers to look at. So you can see if you're trying to do a streak, you know, you're trying to run a month straight or two months straight or whatever, you can see that. Um, you know, the, the Birmingham Track Club uh, has a 1,200-mile club every year. You know, it's 25 miles a week. Um, it's, you know, something very doable. You know, just do that. You log your miles every month. You know, shoot for 1,500. If, you, if you've done that before, you know, 2,000. You know, pick a round number, 3,000. I did 4,000. Um Maybe it's your first 5K. Maybe it's a 10K, a half full. Uh, maybe you're, you, you've done those and you want to run your first, first ultra marathon. I mean, there's just so many ways to, to incorporate a, um, a resolution that, uh, you know, that's doable. You can um, – and do it, what, you know, if it's your schedule. You know, you may make a resolution where, you know, you're going to get up and run first thing in the morning. I have to run first thing. I bet of my uh, 4,000 miles, there's probably – Less than a hundred of those miles were done, you know, any time other than the morning. I just, uh, I just have to get up and do it, uh, or, or it's harder to do if I've had a you know busy work day. I'd encourage people to make uh, a resolution, though. That's really what helped me is knowing that I had this number I was shooting for, and and for me it was fun because you know I hit that number and I was able to even go beyond what I thought I could do. So you know, what what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts about resolutions and? Yeah, how to how to use one. Yeah, good question for me. For me, it's having a goal. Like you said, numbers great. I always uh, run run the year. And last several months, I've been struggling a lot, but I, I'm still out there running. If I didn't mm-hmm. have that goal, probably I would, I would have been done by November because I really don't need to run anymore. And and so I'm still running today. I'll run some tomorrow, and get over 2016 in 2016. And one thing I have realized also, having a race in your calendar is always helpful. Don't you think? Uh, right. And um, and also, I have found that having a supporting group, either have a coach um, 
or, or even find a Facebook group who supports you on your journey, it's always helpful. Don't you think that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I can remember probably uh, 10 years ago, I did 90% of my runs by myself. And then once I started running with people over the last six, eight years, um, it makes all the difference in the world. You know, you're more apt to, to you know, you're more apt to show up if you're meeting someone. You're, you, you know, don't want to stand people up. You, you have another reason to get out of bed. And it's, it's more enjoyable when you do it um, with a group, for sure. Definitely. Yeah, I would definitely encourage. And I like your idea. You definitely want, I, I'm somebody that I always have to have some kind of race on the schedule. So I've already got at least um, first three months of 17 mapped out. So definitely looking uh, forward to those. My my running goes from the season. I, I start my season in uh, um, September, October for sure, and goes, goes all the way to May and then kind of have a downtime from May to throughout the summer just to retrain myself and try to fix some of the things and rest a little bit. But, yeah, uh, and but, those are the good months to rest because it gets really hot and humid down here. <laughs> but I do, the, especially my August, uh, July and August, I was mentioning somebody recently I logged most miles because... Oh, that's me. Log- that's when I did my 100-mile weeks was the summer. Yeah, summer is same. But, but, you know, racing is not a... It's not optimal for racing, even especially in the south. So, yeah, definitely... Uh, Try to look at the whole year and have a have a kind of have a calendar to see you know what race almost a month per month one or two race a month I have starting from probably October for sure. So let's talk about a little bit more. Um, you do coach uh, a lot of people around town now. Uh, talk about your coaching um, journey, how how that's come about. Yeah, well, um, I think it started like we were just talking about my um, intense desire to run Boston. And so that quest of, you know, all the trial and error and all the mistakes I made and all the things that I figured out that worked and, and then just the joy of uh, crossing the finish line and knowing that you were going to qualify and, and get there. Just, again, setting a goal, reaching that goal. And, you know, and then I thought, you know, it would be even more fun than doing that is, is helping someone else to do that. So just like you, um, some of my favorite things are pacing you know, pacing people to their goal times. You do a lot of that. I've done a lot of that. Um, that's part of it. I wish I could pace every one of my clients for every race. First of all, I couldn't because m- many of them are much faster than I am. But yeah, I just started Cadence. Uh, it, it went along with my goals. Uh, I'm a physical therapist by trade. So uh, I'm doing a lot of uh, on the side coaching <laughs> with injuries anyway. So uh, just, you know, I did a lot of reading. You know, it's wanted to to be able to coach people that were faster than me and so uh you know i needed to to learn from some of the the better runners uh, more gifted people than i am so plucked the uh, minds of some of the great runners you know that i read and then of course some of the more local runners and then began to get busy and and took on some more coaches so now i have uh four other coaches that work for Cadence. And um, it's just been a great journey uh, to see people set goals, meet goals. We love to enter races as a team and, you know, try to compete against other teams. It just makes it more fun. We're, you know, it's a friendly friendly sport, friendly competition. We're yeah. just trying to push each other. What is your one of the best success story as a coach? Um, I think most recently is probably a guy who ran for Sanford. Uh, James Graham. He was fast. He was fast in high school here locally, and then at Sanford. And 
but he, you know, of course came out and decided he wanted to run a marathon and his first, uh, his first marathon, I remember passing him at mile 23 in Huntsville and he is overdressed and, um, hadn't fueled correctly. And, uh, he's going to kill me when he hears this, but he did, uh, you know, he did a great job. He's fast. He still, you know, ran, I don't know, three twelve something like that. And then, then he did another one and, and ran really fast. He and my wife did one in Mississippi, which, um, Micah's going back to do again in February, but, uh, he ran just over three hours. And since then we've started working with him. Uh, Cadence has, uh, Erica Spiegel coached him and I'm coaching him and he's worked his way down to where he's, he's running, uh, he just did Indianapolis and broke, uh, 240. So he's, he's really gotten speedy. <laughs> <laughs> That's needless to say, uh, I, I remember seeing one of his workouts leading at uh, Indy where he did a 22 miler and he uh, had like a 605, 606 average for the 22 miles. So I knew, I wow. knew at that point he was ready. So wow, that's that's a great story. <laughs> yeah, he's he's been fun to coach. He's a good kid. That's always fun. Uh, you mentioned several times about reading books and uh, what are your favorite running books that you have read throughout the years that runners can uh, go out and either buy it or rent it or and listen. Yeah, I'm. You know, I, my coaching style is a hodgepodge of other coaches. I, I'm a, I'm a, Greg McMillan fan. I'm certified through Jack Daniels um, coaching certification. I like Jay Johnson, um, Brad Hudson. Um, as far as books go, of course, the the Running Formula by Jack Daniels is one. Um, Advanced Marathoning by Fitzinger. Um, you Only Faster by Greg McMillan. I like Matt Fitzgerald. One, one of the books I recommend a good bit is uh, Matt Fitzgerald's book uh, uh, called Racing Weight. When people ask me about their weight and do I need to lose weight or gain weight, and you know, you really have to tiptoe that issue uh, these days because of the prevalence of eating disorders in our sport. And so I often recommend that book. He does a great job of uh, talking about you know the importance of being lean, um, not necessarily always light, but uh, those are those are the books that come to mind. I do read books, uh, running books, and I'm trying to read more for 2017. That's one of my running goals added with the reading books. <laughs> so it's, and I do read the articles and stuff. So blog posts. Yeah, I do too. I live. I'm a very scientific minded. So any new research that comes out, I jump all over it and um, read. Uh, there's so many things that are changing in the sport that we have done quite differently uh, in years past that are proving to be, you know, can be improved on. Definitely. And I, I get chewed on on that one because I go run race and then, then I run next week and run something else. But I think according to old books, you should be resting one day per month or something like that. So, <laughs> so we it's don't. It's individual. You yeah. know, it, it, it just depends on the runner. Some people and bodies require a little bit more rest to recover and others don't. And they're, you know, you got your Michael Wardians out there who run lots and lots of races, you know, on consecutive days and weeks and, and do fine and don't get injured. Definitely. It's amazing. One thing I realized also, harder I run, the longer it'll take. And then depending from the road and trail, those are two different uh, terrains and then the recovery is, is two different. I think I, I recover faster on trail trail races, even if it's ultra-distance sure. ultra race. So who or what inspires you to be who you are as a runner? 
That's a great question. I gave you uh, several names um, that have have done that. Um, I think though it's a it's an ongoing continuum. You know, every year it seems like there's somebody else that comes into the running group that uh, you know I just enjoy running with. I think now just the community uh, of runners inspires me. I mean, to see people encourage each other. Um, whether that's just the people that do enjoy to run, you know, recreationally just to stay as healthy as they can, uh, or want to hire a coach and want to, you know, push and try to get faster and faster and PR and, um, but the community that encourage each other and that, that inspires me, you know, but the people I mentioned definitely over the years have inspired me. The Al D'Amico's and Prince Wadley's and Ken Harkless, Erica Spiegel, Kirk Mueller, Brad Clay. Yeah, those are those people uh, keep me out there. I know my four thousand mile goal. Um, I was running in common place where everybody stops for refreshments. Is uh, Jack Shell and I ran into Owen Bradley and you know he mentioned his forty one hundred miles he ran last year, which probably is not unusual for him. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's he run, puts on some mega miles every year, uh, but you know. Those that's what pushed me. I think to think, hey, I could actually run four thousand and and not die necessarily. So <laughs> you know, there's so many people um, full of energy and love the sport. I mean, seeing you out there, same thing. You love you love to run. You love to you know be around people. You're pacing people. You want to you like me. You want to see them Definitely. meet some goal. Definitely, I'm. I'm. I think I'm going to take on more on pacing in in 2017 as well add a little more cities and states on my pacing goals. Awesome. And um, uh, I, I may be doing that. I love pacing. I usually tell people I have two, two personalities, multi-personality, and then when you see me pacing, and that's truly what you see me <laughs> in a lively manner, and you will never see me outside pacing like that. Because I just change yeah. men and change person when I do pace. Yeah, I love it. I love it. We, You know, you try to distract the runners. I know my wife and I, we pace... Um, We've paced Mercedes Marathon several years in a row, five or six, seven, I don't know. But we, um, together, we've done it, you know, three or four years. And I know one of the things we'll do, you know, we'll tell how we met and we'll tell our engagement story and we'll tell our wedding story, which, you know, is running, um, involves running. And, you know, it's just fun. It's just a fun, fun thing to do. Definitely. I sing songs and dance and hoop holler and do a lot of things <laughs> that you normally don't mm-hmm. see me doing while I'm running. So, right. and, um, and definitely, uh, it's, uh, it's, a it, it's, it has changed me a lot, uh, when I pace or when, when I'm once I pace, I think, um, there needs to be another podcast just focus on pacing, you know, a mindset of pacer. Maybe I can bring in a bunch of, bunch of our pacing friends and kind of talk through it. Talk about a little bit more um, running 4,000 miles. What type of shoes do you go with? Uh, do you have a specific shoes uh, or you just rotate around 4,000? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit of a unicorn when it comes to shoes. No one really can believe what I run in, especially with the volume I do. Um, you know, I, I I have found the more minimal shoe um, for the majority of my miles has been the better. I'm... Uh, I run in Nike Freeze, uh, typically either the RN Distance, the Nike Free 5.0s, or the Flynet 4.0s. Those are the three that I rotate the most. Uh, I do wear Hoka's on recovery days from time to time, but that's pretty much uh, 
what I did, I, I went through eight pairs of shoes um, during this 4,000-mile journey and, you know, rotated rotated shoes throughout the year. Gary, you, you mentioned that uh, you have fun stat for the 4,000 miles that you ran as part of the 2016 resolution. Go ahead and uh, give us that yeah, stat. Yeah, I'm kind of a numbers geek. So uh, I sat down and did this the other day. So the 4,026 miles, it comes out to 11 miles a day, 77 a week, about 330 a month. Comes out to be about 530 hours of running, um, zero days off this year. Uh, comes out to an average pace of 753, um, 6,264,600 steps I took. We talked about the eight pair of shoes, um, 25 days where I ran doubles, um, ran in the morning and the afternoon. No, uh, this is an interesting stat. Number of PRs that I ran, zero, unless you count the miles in a month or miles in a year, of course. Uh, but no, six seconds off my half PR, seven seconds off my 5K PR, four minutes off my marathon PR. So it didn't help me uh, get faster necessarily. My longest run was only a marathon, and my shortest run was uh, that one-mile run I did with a stomach bug last week. I look back, I ran at least one um, direction on the Lakeshore Trail 526 times. I ran nine races, four 5Ks, a 10K, a half marathon, and three fulls. And um, the only injury I sustained was a anterior tip tendonitis that I ran through. Um, it bothered me. I would have normally probably taken some days off to get over that, and it probably took me an extra couple of weeks to get over that just because I, I was too stubborn to stop. But um, And I had three falls. I had, uh, interestingly, a <laughs> fall. Um, not too far from the track shack in Homewood uh, one day. And then strangely, about a month ago, we were running from the Mountain Brook YMCA and we were starting up that hill and uh, it was dark and I just, I think I was still half asleep. I actually fell twice just going up that hill. So thankfully no injuries with the falls, but um, it happens. We all fall eventually, especially you trail runners. Yeah, we, we, we have to fall. There's a there's a quota we have, so yeah, no doubt, minimum no doubt. quota. So we fall a lot. So talking about uh, your stat and uh, your goal you had for 2016, as you move forward to 2017, are you trying to have the same hefty goal of 4,000, or <laughs> you're done with it? No, no, I'm pretty much done with that. I told uh, lots of people if I even uh, mentioned trying to run that many miles again, to um, punch me in the face. Uh, <laughs> No, I, I really don't have any hard-numbered goals yet, but, of course, I still got uh, today and tomorrow to think through that. Um, I am going to run, uh, hopefully switch over and run more more ultras. Uh, we're My wife and I are scheduled for a 50-miler in March that uh, involves a lot of running on sand. It's on uh, Bald Head Island. It's actually one of the Badwater-sponsored races called uh, Cape Fear. So, so got a marathon in February, uh Wine 10K here in Birmingham in March. Great race. It sounds like you have a busy schedule ahead. Uh, you should join our uh, group 27. We run the year, so 2017. Yeah. And it's a less. It sounds much better <laughs> right <laughs> now for sure. <laughs> yeah, my body wants a rest, but, but I'm, yeah. I'm, and I, I've been doing that for the last four years, and I said, this is the last year, and, you know, that's not going to happen. Yes. So, so uh, as we close our interview, um, I just wanted you to, give a word of advice to people who wants to have a 
running resolution so that they, that they can keep um, that you have done over the years and have a goal and, and been to Boston. There's so many goals and dreams you have achieved through running, and um, I'm sure it's because you have the resolution or you have, the, you have set the goals. Uh, give us a word of advice to, uh, to all the runners out there. You know, you got Erica Spiegel, who um, is a great runner here in town. She often says, you know, what gets you up in the morning? You know, if it gets you up in the morning and you're excited about it, you know, tie your resolution to that. You know, don't don't try to do something that somebody else has done necessarily. I mean, you can get inspiration um, from those people, but find what find what excites you, you know, and just enjoy enjoy running we you know we run because it's fun once it, it's it's no longer fun you know it's our hobby and that's what i tell people when they get really uh frustrated with their running and, and get burnt out i said you know this is what we do for fun so keep it fun if it means taking you know a few months off and not racing or you know even if it means taking time off from running in, at all but i definitely think it's important to keep it fun so that's what I would say. Make sure your uh, goals and resolutions fall and you, you know you can have fun doing those. Great. Sounds like a great advice. And we as a runner, we like to have fun. We're not always out there running because we want to run, but but we just want, we want to have fun too. So, so Oh, I love it. So that's a, that's a great advice. Thanks. Thanks for your time. I wouldn't have done it for 530 hours if I didn't love it. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've got to love it, you know. And uh, one of one of the line I always tell people that I may not able to run tomorrow. Today is not the day, so that's um, right. and I that's just uh, I just keep on logging. So so I have four more miles to go. Hopefully I can get that done tomorrow, and I'll be done for the year. So thanks for your time, Kerry. And yeah, uh, thank you for having me. And looking forward to talking to you more in coming days. Maybe we'll we'll have more focus interviews in the future. Sounds good, Simon. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Emron's Podcast. If you're an iTunes user, please rate, review, and subscribe to our channel.